And dogs just love and you. Cats can give a shit. Dogs is, make you think you're like the greatest person ever. Yes. Now Kevin's going to be like, but not, not our cat because our cat loves Kevin. Uh, in the sense that it's just waiting for Kevin to die so it can eat him. I mean, a dog would at least wait <laughs> for a couple of days. The cat would have to take a finger off and then the dog would be like, uh, okay, a finger. But hopefully my human's still alive. No, let's introduce. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, yeah, because I forget how to do it. Hi, welcome to My Racist Friend, where people get messy and do stupid stuff. I'm Don Griffin. <laughs> that's perfect. Do you think that's perfect? Yes. Okay, you do it. You do it. Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKees. And I'm Don Griffin. I did want to talk about Lovecraft Country, but the episode about buying a house. Yeah. I got to give HBO credit because every time something is, whether it's this or the um, Watchmen, every time they introduce something uh with black history that that involves black history in some of these fantasy things that they've got going on people actually start looking that stuff up so uh this week i've seen on facebook um the story they talk about the story of this uh this couple who integrated in this i want to say the neighborhood was cicero cicero or something like that 1951 a couple who he i think he was a bus driver and i forget what she did maybe she was a domestic or of some sort but they moved into a house uh not a house uh, an apartment complex and 4000 people basically a mob of 4000 people made them go away from their house because they were going to kill them and they went in and they threw out all their stuff out of a third story window and they ended up burning the whole apartment complex down. Oh my Lord. And yeah, they mentioned that, you know, they're saying, Hey, don't do this. You know, this is, this is gonna, you know, uh, the same thing that happened out there in Cicero or wherever it's at could happen here. They mentioned that as she's moving into the house. And so people look this stuff up and they're like, Oh my gosh. So there real. is a story and they show a pit. There's a picture of them and everything. I had just listened to the chapter in White Rage about the doctor in Detroit, Dr. Sweet. And he and his wife moved to a white neighborhood. And at the end of it, of after being attacked and harassed, is that they shot back out of his house and he wound up going to jail. Wow. The scene where, where she just gets so mad that she can't 
take it anymore and she sort of explodes and all of her friends are standing there and they they know exactly what to do yeah. like her sister gets the car and the other people are standing there and then i mean i'm trying to describe it without giving giving too much away but it that that they know exactly what they're supposed to do in that moment it's like they've done it a million times although i i hope they hadn't done it a million times but they definitely knew what how to make the odds in favor of them surviving the night. I won't say how to stay safe because that's not. The fact that they ended up getting out of jail unscathed pretty much the next day, that's, that was a little unrealistic to be honest with you. Well, that's why they put the magical white people in it. Which, ma which magical white people? In the show. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's like the, if, if they get stuck in a place in the story and they can't explain how how they survived, then they we just go, put we, one of the magical white people We go ahead and there. get the, yeah, the magic. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, because they can't, they don't want to go too serious. That's the thing. I mean, it would be a much more scary show if it was, if it just stayed within things that were really happening uh, or things that did happen. However, you, you get far less people watching. Yeah. I would I would love it if if it if it suggested the monsters but didn't necessarily show them and if it made you sort of question made it even more ambiguous are the monsters real like is that yeah. the problem here or is it the white supremacy that's the problem I mean we saw monsters with a bunch of eyes and yet that wasn't the scariest thing mm -hmm. of that no. first episode mm -mm. not until I was an adult did I ever go to a, like eat inside a white castle when we would go to places especially when we are traveling guys mm -hmm. this 70s and the 80s we would always eat in the car that was just the normal thing to eat in the car LaShawn described that too yeah I, I, they would I pack food and yeah yeah we, uh, anytime, I mean even Indianapolis we would pretty much eat in the car whether it was McDonald's, whether it was, it was just part of my life. It was nothing I ever questioned. I didn't even know you could eat in a White Castle. I didn't even know there was such a, I didn't even know that was possible. But they had seats? Until later on. Yeah, I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? Is White Castle like particularly racist? No, 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 not real. No, not at all. Um, it's just, I, I, that's one of the memories. I'm, I'm just using that as an example of us not ever eating in restaurants. I remember traveling with my grandparents going to Nebraska to visit, you know, that's, that's where my mom's people are from. Uh, and I remember going with my grandparents across country to Nebraska. And when we stopped somewhere, actually, heck, I don't, I mean, it, I was, it's so long ago. I don't even you're right. I don't even know if we actually stopped in restaurants at all. Maybe we stopped for gas, but we kept going. Uh, we stopped at a hotel. I remember stopping at a hotel. This is, and guys, this is in the 70s and 80s. It's not like a long time ago. Right. We're not like ancient. No, we're not. Not really. We're half a century, though. <laughs> There are just things that we do that that are we're, we're like built in, you know. What are some of the built-in things about property? 
property? Yes. What do you mean? Like, how does white supremacy play out in property? In like it, 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 selling real estate and buying real estate, and owning. Well, it, it it used to be more. You know the whole redlining thing. I I remember looking at houses with my my parents, uh, and we were looking at houses in Ellicksville back in the day. Mm -hmm. We went through several agents because some of them were not taking us to some of the other places. It, it, it wasn't that they were racist. It was that they were actually, it's hard to say whether or not they were racist or they were looking out for us. Yeah. In the sense by not taking us, showing us places that were in our price range. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? That were, that were definitely in our price range, but maybe the school district was not as friendly. You know, the area I ended up, we ended up living in ended up not being the most friendly. I had, I to, remember. I had yeah. yeah, I had to, um, it, it was, uh, it was not a fun place for an African-American kid to live in the, the, the neighborhood I grew up in. One thing nowadays. Okay. One, one thing we don't think about is as a white person, you, you get, and you have kids, you can basically go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have socioeconomic things that you have to contend with, right? Mm -hmm. There are certain areas that are going to be more, ex you know, more expensive or, or less expensive uh, or areas that you can afford, but you're not really concerned about the school district. Or it's all the same district, but I'm saying you're not concerned about how many people that look like you are going to be at that school. Right. right. Whereas, so you've got the choice of 19 schools, right? Yeah. Uh, a person of color, and, and I got to be careful on which, where, where I am when we're talking about this. I'm not talking as a real estate agent. I'm talking as just a person. There are schools that are not uh, friendly. The amount of houses that are going to be available to us. I mean, yes, they're all available to us, but the amount, if you really are thinking about your kid and you don't want your kid to be that experience, experiment, because mm -hmm. kids say mean things, right? The yeah. parents might not come out and say the N word in, in public, but in they're public. saying, yeah. but they're saying it at the table and the kids are, are saying that elementary kids are saying that to saying whatever the hell they want to kids or they're picking on them because they mm -hmm. look different or they're sound different or what have you. No, there isn't it, a lot of choice here. There's like three schools um, that will meet your criteria. As but, far as like having a diverse population, you mean yes, like yes. other black kids will be there? Yes. There, there, and, and keep in mind, there are some other schools that are diverse, but it's, it's, Primarily, the reason why they're diverse is because uh, socioeconomics. Mm -hmm. There are poorer schools, if you want to, if you want to use that, that yeah. you know, um, a small town like this doesn't have a, a, a black ghetto and a white ghetto and a Mexican ghetto and a blah blah blah. It, poor people just have to live where they live right. all together. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of reflective in some of these uh, schools that we see. And, and here's the thing, just because there's a lot of African-Americans or people of color at that particular school doesn't mean that it's a friendly place for 
African Americans. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Because if Caucasians don't want to put their kids in a certain school, right? Mm -hmm. Why do why should black people you know want to go into those schools if they don't have the best test scores or they don't you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Did I answer any did I well, no, and I'm, I'm thinking about like how we district for schools. I'm thinking about, you know, the fact that we have some elementary schools that have a really high free lunch rate and some that have a really low free lunch rate. And wouldn't it be interesting if we could district so that all the schools had, you know, about the same free lunch rate uh, or, or my, my, my fantasy, I don't remember if I've said this on here before or not, is that we would have all the PTOs when they raise money would have to share it with like their sister school that is one of the like high free lunch schools that could never have a carnival that raises thousands of dollars. That's a, because that's the kind of, kids going there don't have that. That's kind of a good idea. If the P if the PTO was just if there was just one PTO, it just wasn't a based on uh, individual schools, if you just had this huge, yeah, it would never happen though. It, it would, would never ne happen. It would never happen. You know what we could talk about though? I, and, and I love the project school here in town. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm a board member. Mm -hmm. The project school is a charter school. My stomach hurts already. We're barely even having this conversation. <laughs> Oh, because you know I love the school. Don't get me wrong, okay? So before I start talking about this, I want everyone to know how much respect I have for what they're doing and the program that they've created. And I've always been a supporter, even though I am not a, I don't like charter schools, generally speaking. Yeah. The history behind that is that MCCSC was not providing another tool to educate kids in a different fashion. You know, the idea was that this was going to be a, an alternative kind of school uh, that was going to be project based, but they were going to target the disenfranchised mm -hmm. and people of color, kids of color, right? And because Bloomington's such a liberal place, immediately you have white people like, yeah, I'll buy into that. That sounds <laughs> awesome. That sounds awesome. <laughs> at, ur at urban school, that's awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so and you have people that are educated and and uh, white people, for the most part, with a certain educational background, let's say, they can survive experimenting with their child, in the sense that there's enough knowledge at home to go ahead and support that. Yeah. They can take that risk. Whereas African Americans, you got to have some real faith, and because. School is already hard enough for African-Americans. So it was like, okay, do we do this? Do we, does he become like the first one? Do we do, you know what I'm saying? Like it mm -hmm. was just a scary proposition, but white folks went into it and, and made it, I mean, it's a, it's a good program. It's a good school. And now it's hard to get in. There's, I think there's 400 uh, people on the late, uh, still on the waiting list. Mm -hmm. Um so where I'm, where I was going at with this is that we don't, I think it's, it's been used as a tool for gentrification, not by the school, but by, from many people in the sense that you got Fairview school, you've got some other areas uh, mm -hmm. where houses 
were uh, considered affordable. They were affordable because they weren't in the th they they weren't in the three schools that everybody yeah wants, which is Rogers, Benford, Childs, and University. For those who aren't here, Rogers, Benford is one school. It's one Don school. can count. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, but but so you had areas in Fair of Fairview that that were in Fairview schools, which is a. Mm -hmm. It's got a larger population of people that are not not necessarily wealthy. Traditionally, yeah. let's let's put it this way: traditionally, okay. But just like the rest of the mm -hmm. country, that those neighborhoods, because of their walkability to downtown, these working class neighborhoods, yeah, close to downtown, close to the B line, all that good stuff, close to parks, close to you know IU, the people that were buying those at first were um were people that don't have kids they're retirees yeah. and just people that were younger and they didn't have kids and they would move once their kids were like kindergarten age sure. like i had i had friends who bought a house there and were like well we're not still gonna live here by the time our kid turns five exactly so it doesn't matter and we're not gonna sit we're not gonna send our kids to fairview right mm -hmm. yeah but what has happened is those houses now you have people staying there and you have more people going in neighborhoods that are in that area so the houses are going up in price mm -hmm. see the neighborhood changed but the school the demographics in the school have not changed because now people are buying the houses mm -hmm. even if they have kids and they're they're on the waiting list for project school I think that that the the funding of charter schools and and how like we separate out I think th these are not well formed thoughts that are about to come out of my mouth. Well, so, I'm because I mean we're welcome to the club, <laughs> welcome to the bus. <laughs> okay, the whole concept of education as a business is unsavory to me. And I realize also that this sounds super duper white hippie, like I get that, but I, I don't want my kids to like be ready for, to, to do what someone tells them to do when they graduate or to be able to spout back a bunch of facts. I want my kids to be curious and to know how to figure out a problem if they're presented with one and creative. And, and that's the kind of stuff that they get in a smaller classroom, I think. What you just said is mm -hmm. someone who has, that has generational wealth can say. Right, yeah. You understand like, like the fact that you want, you, you're not worried about someone getting a job. You want them to be a better humans. You want them to be, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Which is awesome. I mean, that's where, <laughs> You know what I mean? That's I I I think hopefully Dexter has that, or or maybe I, I was able to give Dexter that where I want him to be that. But a lot of times, like I didn't have that choice. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Most most kids, most African American American families or Latina, whatever, they don't have that choice. They just need their kids to get a get good grades so that then they can possibly get a scholarship and they can go to school for free and. And, and I know that part of the original idea of the project school and why it is where it is, is because they said 
they're going that they wanted to just really flood that neighborhood with you know flyers and information and let them know all about it so that it really would be sort of like a neighborhood school and they do like there are kids that go there that just couldn't make it uh, particularly when i think of middle school and like they're kids who can't do it and they are i think maybe they start off that way but the staff that they have over there they prepare these kids they get both they get both they become yeah. academically exceptional kids but yet they also have the things that you fir that first drive you to being part of the project school mm -hmm. you know what i mean i don't know i'm just I'm, i guess i'm kind of gushing over them a little bit but right well so we love them and i think we can just say that that's okay I mean, we're all over the place, but since we're all over the place, yeah, I'm really struggling, struggling with, with my Christianity. Yeah. Not my belief in Christ. That's not my, what I'm saying. I just almost feel like my religion has been hijacked. By? By things that I don't believe. It's become something that people use as a weapon by creating this, this, this is us and not them. And I think that's completely the opposite of Jesus's teachings. If he were here, he would embrace everyone. Yeah. At least that's, that's the Jesus that I believe in. Christianity is not the only religion that does that, that teaches this is us and we're better than everyone else that's it's not the only one but it's the it's the one that i belong to and i can say mm -hmm. like this is not right i just i just see religion as a way of keeping us apart and here in the united states i mean i just i think about all those so-called christians who are ripping black lives matter signs from people's hands and punching people in the name of Jesus. If, if more Christians are like that, or, that, or at least they're the ones that are vocal, where are all the Christians saying out there? Where's, where are all the good Christians saying this is wrong? So I, I feel like it's been hijacked. But I still think, I think everyone has their own path. I, and I think the at the end of the day, it's about treating everyone equal. Right. And I don't care who you serve or who you follow as long as they're they're teaching that. Mm -hmm. and, and I and honestly, heaven sounds really boring. Did you watch The Good Place? No. Is that a movie? Oh, my gosh. No, it's a TV show and you must watch it. Really? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's. Um, delightful and i'm not going to tell you anything about it except you might be right i mean i'm just saying streets of gold sound really <laughs> slippery <laughs> and what am i going to do with pearly gates i don't even know what that means so the good place is the afterlife like she wakes up and there's a big sign that says like the good place everything's okay or something like that okay and then ted danson is like hi, you've died. Let me introduce you around. And then it goes from there. And each, each season too, I was like, there's nothing left. They can't, they explored it too much. There's like nothing left they can explore. But 
the last episode is one of the most beautiful. Really? Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Ted Danson and the blonde girl. I can't think of her name. Yeah. yeah Kristen yeah. Bell. Kristen Bell, yes. It's that good? It's it's really good. All right, guys. I gotta I'm gonna watch it. It seems silly, but I'm gonna go ahead and watch it. Yeah, I, I think I think you'll enjoy it. I don't know. I'm thinking about schools and churches and like how we how we talk about each other and ourselves and our story is all woven into both of those like schools and churches are where we tell the story to the next generation the teachers that my kids have had in elementary school are and that's a you know a public school are pushing them to question things just because that's how it's been and are pushing them to like, i think they do a really good job of of trying to help the kids discover the story on their own rather than you know like preaching a story at them yeah um there are some good there are some damn good teachers out there and your daughter happens to be in one of those they have really good teachers they have really good thank you thank you okay so they they have really good teachers that are phenomenal they are in a a one through six grade class right? Mm-hmm. K through six. Yeah. K through six class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't Kathy Deersing, didn't she actually? She was there when it started. Yeah. 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 yeah which is just awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. What, that, that is a wonderful experience. Like the thing that I admire the most about those, t- those teachers is how they culture build. And like, that's something that um, Kevin and I have talked about is like, is trying to really pay attention to how they do that. Like what, uh, daily activities are a part of of their routine, like reading time or history or learning and and how they use these little things to set up a culture of caring about each other. And they do that at, like, I, I see that at the project school as well. I, I'm sure that, that, that the same underlying values are, are there. So, and that's, yeah. and we do culture building at at church, church too. too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. Maybe the liberal churches aren't as good at culture building. Uh, I think they are, but I think we they talk too much. They I talk think, too much. I, I, I think. <laughs> I think. Um, uh, I think we so-called liberals have got to be more active with how we how we fight for who we are. If we really believe that this is how Christians should live or how we should address other people, then we need to be out there fighting. We need to be a lot more less passive and a lot more aggressive because the church is going to die. Mm. It's going to die. This new generation looks at at what the church means. And there's the, it's the biggest voice, right? This is Christianity. This is who we are. This is who we hate. This is who, you know, these are the people that are going to hell. And this younger generation is like, no, 
the people who want to teach God and Jesus as love, they're not being loud enough. They got to be willing to go against the bully. Love right? louder. Love louder, but also kick some ass if you have to. <laughs> Throw some punches if fight for love. I mean, you have to. Right? I mean, you do. You have to hit somebody in the jaw so then they won't mess with you anymore. I will say, like, in that, in the, the real estate episode of Lovecraft Country. Yes. There was a moment where it, I am someone who wants us to have a society that just doesn't have guns. Like, I don't want, I, I don't see how they're helpful. Too late, Amy. Okay, I understand that I don't live in that society. Okay, there we go. There, okay. Yes, you're right. I'm, I understand that. What I'm trying to say, though, is that the sigh of relief when they got out their guns at the end and, and like, are standing there, I was like, oh, thank God. It suddenly clicked for me that being polite was never going to work no like she already was polite she was a lovely neighbor mm -hmm. and it didn't matter i know i knew that like on a cognitive level i've had these conversations like but it it just like something deeper in me clicked in that moment of of watching that that's another story we tell maybe that's the thing okay so example the business i'm in real estate especially commercial real estate is a is cutthroat and I've been doing yeah. this for 28 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm, a, I'm considered a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. You say yes, but well, my enemies, no, nice no, but my enemies don't <laughs> think so there. Oh. And I've had enemies before in my business and they don't think so. People that bullies that pushed other people around and I pushed them back. Mm -hmm. And then they went and told everyone else, this guy is Don Griffin. He did this to me. Don't trust him. Blah, blah, blah. I get calls from people saying, Hey Don, I just want to thank you. That guy was a complete jerk. <laughs> like I can only be a nice person. You can only be a nice person if people understand that it's a choice that you're making oh. you understand yeah you can only be a nice person if people understand that it's a choice that you're making that's how i'm able to survive and still be a nice guy because they know not to ever mess with my clients or my family or me don't do it because I am not going to, I, it's, you're going to feel it. You're going to, you're going to feel it in your pocket. Somehow I'm going to, I don't, I, I may target all your listings for, you know, three <laughs> months straight. I may do it. I may do, but, but don't mess with me and, and my people ever. And, and that's allowed me to have peace. Uh, uh, and I hope that it's not too harsh for people to realize, but you can, you, in this world, you can't, Ah, he's gone. I bet his battery ran out. Hi. 
I'm did so your battery sorry. run out? Yes, it did. Yeah. I knew it was going to. Okay. That's all right. Good. I was being bad anyway. I want a new diet, but mm. it kind of makes me, kind of gets me, you know. Cranky? I'm not cranky, but, you know, that's a little. Telling <laughs> <laughs> people not to come after me or else I'm going to kill I mean, that's, that's a little much. <laughs> but you know i stand by it i mean i do stand by it that we that for too long we have um i'm thinking about how from the very beginning you have talked about that we need all these different approaches yes and that that's more true than ever that there are some of us who can do some bridge building who may be able to change somebody's mind through our relationship because because of our close connection and there are some people who will be able to do that work and in doing that work you know seeking the connection first is really how you do it like you, you won't be able to do it by hitting them over the head mm -hmm. there are other people who are who what they need to be doing is yelling and calling attention to this and making the invisible visible and that requires like action and i'm i'm seeing that more and more like that that white people are sudden suddenly like oh my gosh racism is still here and uh turns out that the police kill a lot of black people and and it's surprising <laughs> like like i'm not surprised but but that it is a, it is a, a growing awareness but it's something that's been here all along and i think like to be black in this country i i can't imagine like the patience and the frustration and the just not being seen and all of the work that it takes just to survive yep and for so long, a lot of us were on autopilot, right? I've yeah. been on autopilot and just going on, just pushing on, right? Yeah. Um, and all this has opened up my eyes. It's like, now you have witnesses. If you're going through hell, you just go through it. It's not until other people see it that you're like, did you see that? Do you see what I'm going through? That you kind of acknowledge it. And so that's what this whole thing is. It's trauma. Every time you see something different, it brings up new stuff for you. Mm -hmm. It brings up new, it's like having PTSD, it really is. It, well, it is PTSD. I, I'll admit yeah. it. It is. It, it is. I am going through PTSD. And, and I think a lot of black people are. Absolutely. But uh, we're all doing it in different ways. You know? So anyway, yeah, it is. Yeah, I've seen that on Facebook a lot. How people say, hey, you know, if you have a black friend, they're not okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, your black friend is not okay. Like, yeah. Uh, 
and we laugh about it, but it's, it, it is, uh, it is true that every day there's something new that opens up something preposterous. And then you're like, Oh, wait, that happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're sitting there going, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remembered something that came up. Did I ever talk, tell you guys about the time that, uh, uh, I had my office downtown in the Graham Plaza and it was on the main floor. Mm-hmm. This is probably about, hell, I don't know, maybe seven years, seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And we were moving. I got a, I got a good deal to move. I always said, Hey, I'll, if you give me the second floor with the arched windows, I'll move from this retail spot. And so they, they made that happen. I got this, I gave them that place and, I think a flower, a flower store went in there for a little bit. And then, but anyway, so we were moving, we were there at the office late at night, moving Mm -hmm. stuff back and forth and cleaning up to move our stuff upstairs to the second store right above me. We get this, hear this knock Mm -hmm. and a flashlight in a flashing in our window. And we're like, who the heck is this? And the guy heavily knocks on the door. So I go there and, this sheriff guy sheriff and it's like hey uh we got uh we got a complaint here and uh want to know who you guys are oh my god no you haven't told me that story i said uh oh i'm don griffin this is griffin realty this is my office he says uh well i'm gonna need to see some id like Mm. wait look i've got i don't have my id on me Here's my business card, right? Mm-hmm. He says, no, I want to, I need to see some ID. What are you doing? What are you doing here? I said, this is my office. I'm moving <laughs> this office. I'm moving, I'm moving stuff from here to upstairs. Well, I've got the weekend to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's me, Nicole and Dexter. Dexter's laying on these, uh, he, he's like half sleep. He's laying down, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I said, you know, I, if you go up to my, if we go up to my office, I can get you, let me go to my office. I'll get you my ID. It's my, my wallet must be upstairs in my new office. Mm-hmm. He says, no, why don't I follow you? I'm like, okay. So he follows me up. I give him my, I, I find my ID. I give it to him. He says, uh, something's going on here and I don't like it. There's something wrong here. He says, I don't know what you're doing, but there's something. I said, I just told you. I've got given you my ID. You know, this is my business card. I've told you what I'm doing. I said, you need to get the fuck out of here. I yeah. said, stop asking me questions. I said, I need you to go. I've been nice enough. He's yeah. like, you haven't heard the, the last of me. You know, I'm going to, uh, because there's something wrong here, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. I said, I, like I said, I need you to get the hell out of here right now. And I need to know what your name is. So anyway, he leaves. We get a call on Monday from Child Protective Services. What? Yes. Fucking social workers. 
He called child, they, he, he put a report on us for child protective endangerment of a, a minor and said he didn't know what we were doing. If we were doing drugs or selling drugs, didn't, didn't know what the hell we were doing. And what? so I had, we actually had to have someone come over to our house and interview us, a social worker because of this asshole. This isn't long ago, guys. This is, like I said, seven or eight years. I, you know, I've been doing this for 27, been in real estate for 20 years. Everybody, people knew me. Yeah, you had billboards. Yes, I will, whatever. Yeah, I had stuff. I mean, you understand. I, I remember saying. seeing, yeah. but I remember it's, seeing like your, my kids called you the letter guy. Okay, for I a mean, long time. it's, 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 <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know, um, so, so, you know, the lady is like, this guy, you know, nothing, this is crazy. You know, we've interviewed, you know, like, mm -hmm. like we, you know, this should have never happened. I'm sorry it happened. But yeah, that guy had, had, had it in for you. But there's a part two to that story. And we'll talk about it later on. But that was my first encounter with that situation. But not your first encounter with the police. No, not my first encounter with the police, but that was different in the sense that you're, you're coming to my, okay, yeah. you're coming to my office and I, and you're telling me, you're saying something is wrong and I give you everything. And I'm telling you, this is my, why, why am I in here? You think I'm stealing? You think this isn't my place? Mm -hmm. And my place looked fabulous. Let me be honest. It of course, I've, I remember. But I remember then, what the second then, story one looked but like. But then you go up to the second story and it was it was even more oh, amazing oh. than the first and it pissed him off. <laughs> Especially when I gave him the card. He's like, this doesn't sound right. Like, shut the, the hell up, dude. Lord. Well, yeah. that'll give everybody something to look forward oh, to. Oh, yes, I guess it will. Yes. <laughs> if, but, but I'm saying trauma of, of being accused of something and having to show ID yeah, in that's terrifying. In your own, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think of like, when I get pulled over, how scared I am. And that's, I really don't have reasons to be scared other than that I'm going to have to pay a ticket, probably. My nervous system does the, you know, fight or flight thing. Like I, I have stomachs up in my chin and all of that. And I don't really have... I, my life isn't at risk when that happens. I wasn't, I was mad. Uh, Nicole told me, she's like, you know, you clapped when he asked you something else, you clapped really, really loud. <laughs> I was like, what? And it echoed. And I was like, right. I said, that's it. You know, I clapped and I, and I like, and I was like, I need you to get out of here. Like, this is dumb. And she's like, you know, you, 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 I, was, I was so <laughs> mad because I, I wanted to hit him so badly. So instead, I just clapped. Because there was this rage. Yeah. Here I am. I'm, it made me realize, like, no matter, I mean, you got to remember, I'm 49 years old. So I was 43 and I'm a business owner. I'm an, I, I, by that and time. And a dad. I, huh? And a and dad. A, and like a dad. With my wife. Cleaning out my office, like not doing it, like leave me the hell alone in, in my space, my own personal space, my own office. And this guy is, is harassing me 
in my family. And it, it's emasculating too. You know, I've got a son and I've got my wife and it's emasculating that someone is pushing, not even a freaking, you, you understand what I'm saying? He had a gun or something. Maybe he didn't even have a gun. I don't even remember now. I bet he had a gun. Like, I feel like. I don't, I don't know if they can have guns. I don't know if, if though, maybe they do. I, but I mean, I'm sure he well, has something that's done you. I don't even know you. what he was doing in Grand Plaza, but. It doesn't make any sense. He might've been walking uh to go get a sandwich or something it didn't make it didn't make any damn sense that he decided to look in my window and question who i was and what i was what we were doing me and her my wife like mm. oh it makes me mad right now it's like i'm reliving it all over again. i know i don't want you to have that experience well i mean it came up yesterday so we were we were talking about it yesterday. Uh, at, at I forget why we were talking about it, but we were talking about it at, at at my office, and so it did. Like we were talking about something else, and it led into this, and and uh, yeah, man, you know, it just ugh. okay. I'm sorry, y'all. What are you doing after this? Something good? Working. Showing work. people around. Yeah, I got to show some people some things we got to do it. You got to get it in this market. You got to get it done quickly. Cause yeah. Houses are going so, so, so quickly. If I don't show it to them right when it comes on the market, they'll lose out on it tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What, what are you guys doing? Uh, I baked bread and I can smell it and I eat carbs. Kevin, make what everyone, what music gives you life? I like that. Good. That's Kevin? sort of what I was trying to do. Oh, were you? I'm sorry. No, I was just trying to get your brain off of the trauma. Oh, man, look, it's so nice when you have a, a, a counselor as your um, friend. <laughs> You're going to try to help me out. What music gives me life is Pat Metheny Group. Ooh. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it, 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 and I probably need to listen to some Pat Metheny Group because... Pat Metheny does not believe in God, yet it, when I listen to him, it makes me know that there's a God. Wow. Wow, that's really cool. And I'm always surprised by that. Mm -hmm. I'm always surprised that this guy that does not believe in existence of something big is the product of something bigger than, than life. That's really cool. That's lovely. So I'm going to listen to some Pat Metheny group. All right. You go do that and right. sell some stuff. Thank some, you. Some people, some things. <laughs> you too. You do your All thing. Right. Hey, I love you guys. All right. I really do. Love you too. All right. See you later. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. 
This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, took place in separate locations in Bloomington, Indiana, on Thursday, September 10th, 2020, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. I can only find headphones that fit. I had I had some today, so it's weird that I've lost them. Oh, look, my glasses. <laughs> Woohoo! Didn't find the headphones, but I did find my glasses.